Welcome back, everyone, to Sports Center. It's me, Beverly Van Pelt, and I'm here with the champion of the podcasting world, Dirty Dog Lesnar. Uh, Mr. Dirty Dog, you are the champ, but everybody, there's all this cloud hanging over uh, your status right now as the podcasting world champion. So the world wants to know, what is your current status? I've been hearing all these rumors online and over the radio waves, the podcast waves, and I thought it'd be best for you guys to hear it from the horse's mouth himself, from me. I've decided to re-sign with Medivan Status Radio to a multi-podcast deal. I'm working part-time and getting paid like a full-timer, which not everybody gets, by the way. Wow. Well, th- wow. The j- breaking news here on SportsCenter. I'm floored. Oh, my gosh. Well, then what are your plans, you know, for this WrestleMania um, special cast and afterward as well? Well, let me tell you what my plans are. I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? One, who will survive? Two, three.
As you guys heard, that was the final <laughs> bell at WrestleMania 31 at the Levi's Stadium. We're recording live in Santa Clara, California, just a couple miles away from Mr. Beverly Hills' hometown. <laughs> I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. You can hear him laughing in the background. What's happening, Mr. Hills? Oh, I'm having a good time. How's your week been? Um smuggling elephant ivory and rhino tusks with your former philosophy advisor, Mr. Dirty Dog. I want to plead the fifth, Mr. Hills. <laughs> well, I see you have a nice pair of um, ivory glasses and, you, and you're drinking out of a chalice that looks to be a, a, rhino, gla- a rhino tusk. So I don't know. I'm just, just throwing it out there for the people. They can... I, I do not want. I do not want to say anything when when we are recording Beverly Hills. <laughs> you gotta keep keep the info off the lines because that's how the government listens to you and the NSA. I don't want to give the NSA anything more than what they already have on me, Jack. Because I want to be like Jesse Ventura. I want to be off the grid. <laughs> yes, gosh, you're Jesse Ventura impression is impeccable what can i say gorilla (laughs) all right awesome well so so kind of talking about you know how my week's been i've been listening to a lot of wrestling 31 fallout podcast just because i for me i am still on the wrestlemania high as a fan sure yeah me too i felt like wrestlemania 31 blew my expectations out of the water tenfold yeah, if we're just doing if we're just doing overall ex- or overall whatever thoughts on it, I would completely agree. I think it outlived my expectations um, by a ton. Just yeah, from from beginning to end, a couple sure a couple slip ups, but um, we'll get to that. I'm sure. But I at overall, I really really enjoyed it, um, and was really quite impressed with it because the I listened to just one follow a podcast from the place to be nation pro wrestling only feed, but it lasted like the whole week. Cause it was like four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really wanted to get to is in the week prior, they did a whole kind of series of WrestleMania related, um, podcasts. And one of them was about looking at the booking of all the previous 30 WrestleManias. And after each one, they would look at like the bad booking decisions, and at the e- at the end of each one, they would say, "Is this worse than what's going into WrestleMania?" Right? Like the expectation is that the booking was just terrible. Like putting, you know, leaving Brian out of the main event, um, you know, the booking of everything else was just awful. Right? So the fact that they kind of like turned that on its head, at least for one night, um, was pretty impressive. So yeah. Because to me, WrestleMania, there's two big things that happened at WrestleMania. The first one was, I guess it is, our new WWE champion walking out of WrestleMania 31, Seth Rollins, which I was happy about with, because I did not even expect to see Seth Rollins cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase in, in the during WrestleMania, more or less during the main event match when it was still happening. And the second mm-hmm. thing, number two, which I had to hurry up and <laughs> open up the mellow yellow to, was 
which I'm sad that did not happen, but the possibility of Kevin Nash tearing his quad in the Levi Stadium. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, do you want to just talk about like moments like you're doing, or do we want to go like match by match? What do you think? Okay, well, well, I think we can do uh, kind of like a moments and all that, then if we have time, then we can kind of talk about other matches that we haven't didn't get to. Okay, well, okay. Oh, all right. Well, do you want to do match yeah. by match? Yeah, just because I feel like we'll just end up jumping back and forth, and I just feel like that's, I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you lead the conversation to Mr. Hills. Okay, well, if you want to, we can even go backwards. Let's start with the main event. Yeah. Okay. Seth so, Rollins. like you like you said, the, the big outcome of that was Rollins coming out um, and cashing in his briefcase to defeat Lesnar and uh, Reigns. What, what were your thoughts on that one? A lot of talk... Also, podcast I've, I've been listening to a lot of talk was in the 30s where um, Roman Reigns was going to walk out as WWE champion. And with the reactions that Roman Reigns has been getting on television, I think this is the best possibility to to have Seth Rollins cash in and win the title and walk out instead of Reigns winning it or having Brock retain. Because with what we saw at WrestleMania, this sets up Three, three, at least three feuds for Seth Rollins as WWE champion that could lead us in at least six months, if not longer, if booked right. Right. Uh huh. And I yeah. and I felt like the title match up to Seth Rollins running in. I felt like it was a it it to me it seemed a lot of Lesnar versus Cena at WrestleMania or at SummerSlam this past year. I didn't watch that match. Okay. I thought it was really good, though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like after Seth Rollins came in, it it was a uh, then, then it's like it, it reminded me of the triple threat match between him and Lesnar and Cena at the Royal Rumble this year. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that it, I'm just kind of trying to draw conclude uh, trying to draw lines together, Mister Hills. Yeah. Uh, well, I watched the Royal Rumble and I thought this match was a thousand percent better than what was at the Royal Rumble. Okay. Well, 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 why do you say that, Mr. Beverly? Um, and like I said, I didn't watch the Cena one, but I I can't imagine that it was close a world close to what was that first 15 minutes of Lesnar and uh Reigns. That was awesome. I liked every part of it. Um I liked how that Lesnar got busted open on the first punch. I like that, you know, the the inclusion of blood in this match that we haven't seen in years at this point um, was good. I thought it told the story correct. Now, looking back at the time, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how this if the story is going to finish up. Right. Because if they had done kind of the rote seen a story where he gets the crap kicked out of him for 20 minutes and then turns around and wins that would have been frustrating and i gotta think you would have you would agree with that too yeah right? would have, yeah but the fact that they took that and i think they like cognizantly had that in mind that we'll we'll do this kind of same old same old but better because it's lesnar right because he's awesome um, and take that same outline, I guess, and then 
bring it, throw the wrench in the works here, bring Rollins in, I think takes that regular outline and bumps it up, you know, tenfold, like you said, 100%. Yeah, because yeah, cause I know, you know, for the first, I don't know, half hour after WrestleMania wrapped up, I was disappointed because I wanted to see Brock Lesnar walk out as WWE champion. Grant, you know, we've talked about it in the series that we that we're in the Road to WrestleMania 11 series that that it sucks not seeing the WWE champion all, around all the time. But I am happy after you know, kind of thinking about it, and processing it. I'm I remember hearing hearing you say during the series that Seth Rollins approach has been carrying everything on his back and like yeah, part part timers show about like Lesnar, Sting, Triple H. He gets bumped down. So I am happy to see Seth Rollins finally get rewarded for all his hard work, especially in the last year since after the, the shield broke up. Right. Uh-huh. I would agree with you. And I mean, Lesnar's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like he's fantastic. And now that I guess reading what they did on Monday, put writing him out via suspension, I think is a smart idea um, to utilize his dates and, you know, he'll come back hotter than ever um, to, you know, hopefully take that from from Rollins or even just give him a run for it. But, um, yeah, I I do agree, I guess, with myself <laughs> that, that, that Rollins has been, I guess, the MVP of the last six months i don't i can't remember when the when his shield turn i think back happened. in may so almost a, so okay 10 so, okay so okay so almost a year i guess but yeah definitely he i in my opinion has been the um mvp of the company since then so to get i think he's the hot outside of lesnar he's the hottest character and i think just as a company you need to do what you can to get the belt on the hottest character. Which I, and, felt, which I felt like they did that on WrestleMania Sunday. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, like, tying it back to our era, our Road to WrestleMania series, I think that's what Vince thought he was doing in late 1994 when he put the belt on Diesel. He thought that he was taking the hottest character, but I don't... I don't you have to also think about the intangibles like just because the crowd is loving him and he might have been the hottest character um he wasn't ready for it but i do think rollins is ready for it and i'm excited to see where we go in the next six months with him as champion yeah like you said on raw that lesnar wanted to get his uh rematch you know revoke his rematch clause you know like in a rematch and rollins you know the match was about to set up the rollins is like yeah, you can get your rematch, but it has to be on my terms. And Lesnar snapped and, and all that. And like you said, a good way to write him off for who knows how long. You know, that yeah. Lesnar freaked out, approached, took out Michael Cole, took out a cameraman and all that, <laughs> which was great. I did watch a video, uh, highlight package of, of just that. On, I think Monday night when I got home from work, so early Tuesday morning. And I absolutely loved that. I felt that was a great way, like you said, a great way to sign off or sign off Lesnar for... I told Ross or SummerSlam or however long to give Seth Rollins a chance to run with Randy Orton, run with Roman Reigns for next several months to yeah. run, run through run through those feuds and have Rollins as a hot and legit WWE champion. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, just you're the you're the king of callbacks and and stuff. So I'll throw one to you. Was the, now was the cameraman um, Sim Snuka, and did he mess up to the point where it looked like uh, Brock Lesnar broke his neck on the on the move? Do you get the reference? If I remember correctly, this one would have been, I think, WrestleMania 25 during the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match. My man! Hell yeah! You got it. You're, you're like I said, king of king of callbacks. The callback king, Dirty Dog Darcy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For those who don't remember, yeah, just in that match, Undertaker did a dive to the outside onto a quote-unquote cameraman who was Deuce... Or Sim Snuka, however you want to call his name, and he dropped him. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, talk, yeah, talk about him, which is a good segue. The match before was the Undertaker. No, no, I'm, not done. I'm sorry, I'm not done with the main event. Not done with okay. the main event. What's I'm your sorry. thoughts? I love, I love the main event so much, right? It was only, and look, I guess I'm, I have the card in front of me now. It's cool. Look, you know, no matches over um, 18 minutes. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, nothing overstayed its welcome. We didn't have anybody attempt to like do the 45 minute classic or whatever, which I kind of liked. Um, but the, yeah, God, I just love this match of Lesnar just beating the ever loving hell out of outer reigns. And, you know, I, I think I liked this better than your normal like monster beats on John Cena match because Reigns wasn't like hulking through everything. You know, he was being beat up and he was like at the edge of you know just keeling over. Um and I feel like that vulnerability is never present with Cena. I don't know. Yeah, I guess which- I, I guess I guess this match boils down that I think Reigns is better than Cena, at least in this role. But I don't know. I I, I do, did enjoy this match because of that. I know uh, Lesnar and Cena had a rematch at Night of Champions in this past September, and you know I you know I mentioned the SummerSlam match between Cena and Lesnar, how Lesnar perched brought him, brought him to Suplex City in in all that fun all that fun jazz made him his bitch. So to say, <laughs> yeah. and and at Night of Champions, that their rematch was back and forth, like completely different from what their SummerSlam match. Or Lesnar coming in, kicking Cena's ass, not giving Cena much of a chance to fight back and f- finish him. At Night of Champions, was back and forth. A, I guess a typical WWE match, which rubbed me off the wrong way. So yeah, with you, I'm happy that until Seth Rollins cashed in, this much was. Lesnar dominating Raw or dominating Reigns, and once in a while Reigns getting a chance to fight back, you know, hit the spear, hit the Superman punch, trying to, you know, knock knock uh, knock Lesnar silly right back. Yeah, right, right. Okay, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Loved the match, loved the cash in. Um, it was great. Oh, well, I would th- think of it to uh, kind of tie in with you know before we move on. Do you th- do you feel like the money in the bank concept is finished since we finally saw money in the money a successful money in the bank cashing at WrestleMania and a, for the first time while a WWE title match was happening? Well, as with anything in wrestling, um, 
I wouldn't be against it going away, but I wouldn't be against it sticking around as long as they have interesting stories to tell with it. I thought the story that they told with Rollins was legitimately like an inch away from him holding it too long. Like he was so close to overstaying his welcome. And at some points he kind of did, but the finish was awesome and um, was a perfect payoff to the last eight months or whatever of him holding the briefcase. So if they have a story in mind to tell with the briefcase, I'm fine with them doing it again. If they don't, and it's going to be lame, like the last, you know, however many, I think it could go away. I don't know. I don't know if there's another money in the bank pay-per-view plan. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I think so. So okay, then yeah, we'll like, see. We'll see what story they have in mind. Okay, then we also talk about the Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt, which Undertaker won, and it was an okay match. Uh, I very, very enjoyed Bray Wyatt's entrance with the uh, scared crows, and when Bray Wyatt walked by them, he you know stopped and looked at them, and they came alive. That was yeah, then they came alive. <laughs> that was cool. To be honest, after Undertaker lost to WrestleMania thirty. I felt like it was his time to retire. Mm-hmm. I was not interested really in, into the Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt match. It was, yeah, a, I, it was an okay I, match. You know, it wasn't like, well, I felt like it was better than the Lesnar match since Undertaker got a concussion, which really can't hold that against him. But it wasn't anything like the CM Punk match at 29 or the Triple H and Michaels matches from 25 to 28, but... Undertaker's getting older, so I can't expect the almost five-star classic out of, out of him anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you um, in that I think last year probably should have been it. Um, I kind of think that if they wanted to bring him this year, he should have wrestled Sting yeah. um, because... I, I don't know. I feel like this match is really nothing but Undertaker getting a win back. Um, like he lost, you know, he lost last year. Now we got to give him a win. And I feel like Wyatt should be question mark if he is or not, but should be in a position where he's more than that. Yeah. You know where he where he's not just somebody we can give to Undertaker for a win. Um, well, question: I know for the podcast I listened to, I somewhat put Bray Wyatt over that. Granted, he's zero and two at WrestleMania, but the last two years it was John Cena and the Undertaker, and how granted he lost to both guys, but at least they trust him enough to put him with two main eventers. Do you feel, even though he lost both both years? Do you feel like Losing to Cena and Undertaker this year, do you feel that this gives him a rub that he's still somewhat of a main eventer, if not a high mid-carder? I'm of two minds on that. Um, One mind says, yeah, because they're not going to put just anybody with those guys. So I I guess I'd agree with him in that one. But I'm more of the mind saying that, like, if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it? Like, does it matter 
you know, like, and then when you go out, well, the tree's still on the ground. Who cares who cut it down or what blew it over, right? So yeah. we have we have Bray Wyatt who's gotten, you know, beaten by the Undertaker, uh, beaten by Cena, and then like stomped on through the next month uh, to the point where this whole year has been just a super uphill climb for him to trying to be built back up. Um, I don't know if it matters because a loss is a loss and, and whatever wins and losses, who really cares? But it's more, it's more of the fact like his momentum has been like halted out. Stop. Yeah. Stopped in its track. So I think, and I don't know, I guess I can't really agree with them because yeah, they, they put them with them, but they trust those two guys to be with anybody. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter who they face. Um, then so, one thing, you know, kind of tied in with what you were talking about with Roman Reigns earlier. That's one thing I kind of, well, I guess Undertaker can't really fault him too much, but you know, with the year before against John Cena, that's one thing I really don't like, like about John Cena and how he's been booked the last 10 years plus is that he's Superman and he always has to get the, get the win at the end. And he always has to be looked booked strong, and no matter what, he can't have any faults or have any weaknesses. And I felt like you know, with I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go all the way with that. Okay, I mean, he 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 gets beaten down a lot during these feuds. He always comes in at the end. I would hundred I would hundred percent agree with you on that. But you took it a little too far when you say he never has any weaknesses. Fair yeah, enough. He's, he's, I think a lot of times. I just felt like kind of like what you said that Bray Wyatt. I felt like it hurt Bray Wyatt out when he. When uh, he lost, you know, one to, or you know, two two uh, falls to one to with John Cena last year in their three pay per view series, right. and kind of like what you said that White had a, a a steep uphill climb after that, and I would have been cool to see him defeat the Undertaker, but yeah, like I said, that after Undertaker lost last year to Lesnar, I could care less than seeing Undertaker back. To be honest, I know that's probably. Be, polarizing but it's just my opinion right do you have any any other thoughts on this match um it was obviously hurt by the fact that Wyatt was clearly hurt um he was he was definitely uh aching on that ankle um but he he gutted through it wasn't awesome really at all. I wouldn't go too high of a rating on this one. Um, it, it really, uh, it wasn't very good until they started with the finishers. Once they started with the finishers though, it picked up, but that was only like five minutes of it. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't like offensive. Yeah. Do you feel like this match would, uh, benefited if they cut off a few minutes off the match? Hmm. I don't know. Tricky question. That's a good question because, uh, if you do that, like, yes, you would cut off some of the fluff. You'd cut some of the fat off of it. I would agree with you there. But also, then, if you get too short, does it just kind of become a squash? Fair enough. I, I can see or, that. Or even more, if you cut it off, does it become like, um, like Bray Wyatt winning on The Undertaker and then all of a sudden, the Undertaker wins the match, and if that's the case, then nobody really gained anything. 
because Wyatt goes down as the loser and Undertaker will kind of got a banana peel finish or whatever. So maybe, so I don't know. I'd have to see it to tell you. Fair enough. Okay, let's go to the match before where John Cena won the United States title defeating Rusev. Okay. Before we let's get, talk about the let's talk about the real star of this match. Lana? The tank! The tank, the tank, the tank. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Because I went over to one of my buddies' house, uh former guest of the podcast, James Benson's place, and he had a bunch of friends over and we bunch of us literally were super excited and super happy to see the tank come out or see it tank come out and see Rusev come out too and all that and it was great to see Lana coming down first holding the US title with the Russian soldiers marching behind her with the Russian flag and seeing Rusev come out with the Russian tank that that was amazing the Rusev entrance was by far my favorite of the night it was insane and I thought like okay it it would have been great just with the flag and the Russian soldiers and the Russian national anthem I was like okay this is good and then holy shit here comes Rusev on a tank (laughs) and he's like oh god dang and he's like majestically like standing on the tank golly it was out of out of control Definitely my favorite entrance of the night. Something that was out of control, which I was surprised at, how to give Cena props for, was his second rope stunner. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, yep. And I know we had talked about flashbacks and podcasts and all that. You know, I can remember, I think it may have been the Bowling Shoe Ugly cast that uh, Joe Drilling is a co-host on. And I know him and his co-host, Greg, were talking about, I think it was them, but we are just talking about how a lot of people bash Cena for... You know, being living under the moveset and all that, and how Cena keeps on trying and pulling out, trying to pull out a new move once in a while. You know, a Hurricanrana, or, you know, here the second rope stunner, which nobody ever expected Cena to pull off and make look look as smooth as, as he did. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Cena's an awesome wrestler. I would never say, you know, that that would be a wrong statement. He's a fantastic wrestler. He does what's asked of him. And the booking of him is bad, as a rule. Yeah. <laughs> like, 90, 99% of the time, um, how he's presented is bad. And the booking of his matches is bad. He's a pretty darn good wrestler. I don't think I'd say that... I would never put him as, like, bad. He's above average. So, um, he's... I don't know. He doesn't, like, mess up anything. He's never, like, in the wrong spot or, like, doing... Um, you know, bad stuff or whatever, or being like extremely limited. He's he's got a um, he's got a list of moves he does, and sure that can sometimes be repetitive, but everything he does, he does correctly. So yeah, so and yes, that that uh, um, like springboard second rope stunner was cool. I was to say I wasn't really too thrilled on seeing Cena walk out with the U.S. title. But somebody had to d- defeat Rusev, you know, end the, un- end the undefeated streak. Granted, you know, like I said, I wasn't too thrilled about Cena, but who else could really beat Rusev and get get that rub, though? Here's the question, though. Did somebody have to beat Rusev? Couldn't he have taken the U.S. title 
and won the world title. And then then eventually in six months or a year, someone, maybe Lesnar, beats him for the world title. Because he's good enough. His act is tremendous. He's one of the top in the company. So I don't know if anybody did have to beat him for the U.S. title. Fair enough that... Yeah, because I will, yeah, but if let's say if Rusev would have retained and held the U.S. title until he won the world title, who would have been the guy to lose or to drop the type WWE title to Rusev? Um, I could see you could you could always back yourself out of that by doing it like in a three way. Fair enough. Or or something like that, you know, kind of. It's it's uh, a shortcut or like a back door, but you could always do something like that. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I was just thinking you know. about that. Like, if yeah, who would be the one to defeat Rusev since Cena doesn't need the rub? He um, doesn't, but it seems as if at this point in time that, like you talked last week, they're wanting to um, push the the two secondary titles um, as as top-notch main event titles so that they can run two sets of shows. So um, if they want to do that, well, there's nobody better than Cena to do that. So. so then we must well go on to the next match. The AG Lee and Paige defeated the Bella Twins. I fast-forwarded through this match. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'd, I'd I'd much rather talk about the inter, the interview segment. Okay, yeah, let's talk that came before the Undertaker match. Yeah, let's talk about that. Or before the John Cena match. Sorry. Um, well, you're you're the you're the straight man. Do you want to run it down? Then I'll analyze are you, it. Are you talking about the Triple H and Stephanie? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Triple H and Stephanie came out and all that fun jazz and the. Propped up. I don't. I didn't write down the the attendance stat or whatever, but um, it was like seventy six. Yeah, something like, something like that. And Triple H and stuff are saying that's all based on them and Triple H <laughs> defeating Stane and defeating each and every everybody who was in the their live you know Levi Stadium and everybody watching the WWE Network and Stephanie basing it on you know they, they there won't be no. Professional wrestling, no sports entertainment. If it wasn't for the for the, the McMahon's, then right. The Rock showed up. You know, flying coast to coast from the night before, hosting Saturday Night Live, then showing up to Levi Stadium, and all that fun stuff. And they they went back and forth. And Stephanie slapped The Rock and said, "Told The Rock, oh, you won't slap a woman, so get out of my ring." Then Rock <laughs> did, and who had to be in the front row? Ronda Rosie. Yeah. And she got it. I, first off, I liked I liked how Stephanie now as like for a heel uh, magnet or a heat magnet says my friend Andre the Giant as like, <laughs> to throw it out like because there's that one picture of them together. So now she talks like my friend Andre the Giant or like we were best pals or whatever. I love that. <laughs> well, yeah. What's your thoughts on? Well, yeah. In the end, in in the end, uh, Ronda Rousey hip toss Triple H. Uh, then you know, put Stephanie in like a standing arm bar kind of maneuver. What's your or what a maneuver? What's your thoughts <laughs> on the whole segment overall? Um, okay, so um, I'm almost done with the Rock. Um, yeah. I feel like he. It's 
insane to say this because you know like how much I actually do love the rock but I feel like he's almost worn out his welcome like yeah, him being around more than like once a year is I guess too much for me I I don't know I feel like his shtick has gotten stale again um it was obviously saved by the uh Rousey interaction um looked cool I hope they're building to something what do you, do you think they're building to a mixed tag? Do you think they're building to uh, what? I've been hearing rumblings of The Rock versus Triple H on any WrestleMania since they never had a one-on-one WrestleMania match. And then, you know, Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon interaction. I've been hearing a possible Stephanie and Triple H against Ronda Rousey and The Rock at WrestleMania 32 in Arlington, Texas. So when would the Triple H rock match be? Would that be before or what? I don't know. I don't know if they would oh, have, okay. have a one-on-one match beforehand. But oh, so you've, Okay, so these have been like separate. I thought you were saying that like both of those things were, well, well, they were thinking, gonna happen. Well, they were thinking about having Triple H versus The Rock one-on-one match at WrestleMania for I think at least last six months or whenever the 15th anniversary okay. of SmackDown happened. They were I was thinking about having those two have a WrestleMania, WrestleMania match together but I think just because of the last few matches The Rock has had, he's been injured. So they're trying to think of doing something where he wanted to do it, be as physical in the ring, which I think would bring this mixed tag match into play. Okay. okay. So at least the rumblings I've been hearing over at WrestlingObserver.com, that early early rumblings are they might have a t- mixed tag match at WrestleMania 32. Gosh, for someone who's, you know been stepping supposedly stepping back and really kind of handing it over to younger performers and definitely not putting himself over triple h is sure in some big name matches yeah i know right wink wink (laughs) god this guy he's on the freaking top of the card whenever he wrestles Jeez, and when he's not he's out there for the main event god freaking really go away. <laughs> well, if we're going to crap on Triple H, we might as well talk about his match with Stan, which was, I guess... Oh my a, god, barf in my freaking mouth. Which was a this no, match. No, which was a no rules, no regulations, no holes barred match. God, I would have preferred this match to have been 18 minutes and 30 seconds of the Sting drum band playing. <laughs> That would have been so much better. So you did not like... Okay, so you, I take it you did not like seeing Deox and the NWO doing a run into the match. You mean seeing the uh, old folks' home let open its doors for 20 minutes? Yes. That was awful. That was just, just awful. Was it awful that Kevin Ash did not tear his quad during that segment? Like it no, I don't, I don't wish pain onto other people. <laughs> that being terrible. Even Kevin Nash. Yes, even Kevin Nash. He doesn't deserve to have to be in a hospital bed for six months. Fair enough. But oh man, just terrible. Well, that you, whole match, Triple H dominating the whole thing, really from beginning to end. Um, running a totally illogical run-in of the NWO who hated Sting during its existence yeah well but then but then they were friends with you know later but they didn't ever talk about that part during you know the build-up or whatever 
Because it seemed like the, how this match was laid out, it seemed like Vince, 14 years later, wanted to show why the World Wrestling Federation yeah. finally defeating World Championship Wrestling. Which yeah, I didn't, which I didn't like. Even Steen even mentioned during a, I think a promo building up WrestleMania that this isn't about WWF versus WCW. Yeah, it was on the it was on the last Raw before, um, before Mania. I so, actually watched that one. Granted, I did pop to see DX and NWO, but I, th- I think the sweet music that Michaels hit on a Steen looked amazing. But I guess that's just me being nostalgic and all that. Yes, it is, but. I, guess I, I can I can see where you I can see where you're coming from on this side, not being too thrilled thrilled about the match because yeah I I was bummed out to see Triple H go over Sting even if this is be Sting's one and only WWE match it would have been cool to see Sting go over yeah it's I uh it's just so frustrating like none of it makes sense none of it makes sense why are DX and the NWO there that doesn't make sense why does Michaels even show up that's doesn't make sense. Um, I hated, hated um, JBL on commentary during this match. During the rest of the show, not too bad. But during this match, oh my god, it was bad. Well, what were some of the things he, he was saying oh, he that kept pissed being you like, off? He kept being like, we won then, let's win again! Like, all this stupid, stupid WWF beating WCW shit. And I know that it's just straight from Vince, but god darn it it's over like make this just like icon versus icons type of stuff why does it have to be wcw versus wwf that's so stupid we yeah we, we've done a special cast about that yeah it's <laughs> it's all been 14 years later who cares yes it ended in 01 you booked it terribly then you don't need to rebook it terribly now <laughs> which it seems what they're doing which talking about things that are terrible What's your thoughts on Triple H's entrance? Um, it was weird. I I don't know. It was all right, I guess. It's no tank. True, because yeah, how Triple H came out, how Triple H came out as like a as a Terminator mix and all that. And I had to ask. I yeah, with when I was hanging with yeah over at James Benson's place, I had to ask, and a few people laughed. When Triple H started to come out with it, where the Terminator top, where is RoboCop? <laughs> oh my God! What if Sting would have came out with RoboCop? Yeah, that would have been awesome. If Sting would have <laughs> came out. That's my head exploding. That would have been awesome. If Sting would have came out with RoboCop. It also would have been been amazing seeing the shark cage. RoboCop. Yes. And somehow Sting getting pushed in the shark cage and being locked in it. What if Triple H, as Terminator Triple H, would have locked Sting in a shark cage and then Sting's old friend RoboCop came out and unlocked him? That this, w- this match would go from negative 3,000 stars, which it is right now, to positive 10 trillion stars in my book. That that <laughs> deserves a Dean Ling Ling on my ring bell. Yes, 100%. Then what's your thoughts on the Reddy Orton versus Seth Rollins match? This was, I think, the definition of a non-offensive, above-average match that I have no memory of. <laughs> See, to be honest, the only thing I have a memory of was also the closing 
Moment yep. of the match. But like to to further my point or whatever, I didn't hate it. I didn't even find it like zero. I liked it at the time. It was a good match. Um it was it wasn't boring. It was entertaining, but it's just is what it is. <laughs> and that's not a slight to either of the guys. It was a good match, but on this show, it just falls in the middle. Because I mean mostly just because of that main event. But yeah. It was probably the third best no, fourth best match on the show. Uh, maybe even more than that. <laughs> now that I start to look at each match by itself and it falls yeah. down, which is which is probably why I don't remember it. On yeah. any other show, it's probably the second best. On some shows, it's probably the best. This this match would have worked as a main event. And you alluded to it earlier. I would be completely fine with Randy Orton and Seth Rollins doing a main event program for two or three months this year. Because it sounds like that that Seth Rollins might be defending the WWE title against Randy Orton at Extreme Rules. It hasn't been yep. confirmed yet, but it's not like on SmackDown this past week that Sonic like is kind of teased a little bit, and at Extreme yeah. Rules, John Cena will defend the U.S. title against Rusev once again. Okay, but I would be I would be totally fine with a Randy Orton Seth Rollins match. Same here. And what's your thoughts on the curb stop turning into the awesome RKO at the end? Very cool. Very cool. It's and uh, I read this on one report. It's totally logical. Like, why don't you just stand up? <laughs> you yeah. know, like you're bent over. He's running to kick you in the back of the head. Stand up and do something to him. Of course. So it's a it's logical. It looked cool. Um, you know, it furthers the narrative of the you know RKO out of nowhere thing, which is cool, and it's something that Randy Orton hasn't had. He's he's been to me the most nothing performer for eight years. Just he's done nothing for me, and um. He, if anything can give him a spark, I'm for it. Same here, yeah. Cause I, I haven't really had much of a, I guess, interest in Randy Orton shortly after, I guess, 2004 when he yeah. broke off with Evolution. Sure. So it's in a way, it's you know, nice to kind of see Randy Orton finally get into a few that I guess I'm halfway interested in. Yeah, um, so something randomly that I I noted, and I don't know if like this has been recently or if the, you know if it's been for a long time, whatever. So sue me. Um, he's put on a little weight, and he looks a million times better. Go figure. I don't know. Like I, whenever he's like leaned out, he looks like weirdly lanky to yeah. me. Um, and he put on a little weight. He's a little thicker in the like stomach. He's a little thicker in the legs. And I think he looks tougher. It looks a lot better think too, he, yeah. yeah. I think he looks like a wrestler. I don't know. And like, he doesn't as like cut, but I think he, lo- I don't know, whatever. I, I, I think I, I, I like his look. I liked his look better in WrestleMania than I have any of the, most of the other times I've seen him. So yeah, I do agree with you that. Yeah, when when he looked super thin, he felt to me he felt like maybe a basketball player. 
<laughs> sure. Which sure. is nothing against basketball players or anything, but right. I like to kind of see, yeah, like you said, a little bit more extra weight on the wrestlers to, you know, that. And I felt like, yeah, he, to me, when he was thinner, he seemed, I guess, when he was sickly, kind of. Okay, sure. Oh, yeah. No, I would go with you for sure. Yep. So, yeah, he, I do agree with you that he looked a lot better when he has a little bit more muscle tone, I guess. I, well, not not even well, not even little, muscle tone, little just thicker, like, like you said. Yeah. Um. What, funny enough, one of my one of the people I read, he he owed his better look to the fact that he's wearing like full size trunks, which I hadn't noticed. But he said that like Randy Orton usually wears these kind of like high cut tr- trunks, yeah. and now he's wearing like the full cut. I I had no clue, but if that's what it is, well then keep wearing those. <laughs> well, I guess it's been noted on the podcast. I noticed noticed wrestlers' attires. I guess I never even noticed that before. Okay, but yeah. whatever. We must well go to the opening match. Oh. One second. Um, since we're going in reverse order, it's going to spoil this next match. But what did you think about the promo in the back? With Daniel Bryan and the Legends, I honestly wasn't paying that much attention during it live. Oh man, as my friend Randy Savage would say, "Whoa, yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make me laugh hearing the reviews of Ric Flair walking in and going, "Woo!" Doing that, that was, to and Ricky chopping Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat. He freaking chopped Ricky Steamboat, and Ricky Steamboat was totally like caught off guard but because you could tell that he was just supposed to like come in and talk but he walks in chops ricky steamboat and goes woo <laughs> but my most favorite part was ricky steamboat messing up and going as my friend randy savage would say whoa yeah <laughs> i didn't know the match man turned into the kool-aid main <laughs> well almost whoa yeah <laughs> Ah, uh, amazing. So, okay, yes. yes. Daniel, now let's get to that. Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental title in a ladder match, putting mm-hmm. you know him against former champion Bad News Barrett, R Truth, Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler, and Stardust. Okay, your thoughts on this one? It it was it was all right. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't wasn't a Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon WrestleMania ten ladder match by any by any means. I feel like it's more like the Money in the Bank matches as of the right. last several years that there's a bunch of guys trying to do some spots and that's it. Hey, I'm fine with that though. Yeah. Just entertain me. Entertain me. Yeah, cause, yeah, as as you, long as I'm not bored, I'm happy. As you said, I was inter- I was sports entertained during the match. Yep. So, you know, but it there was really nothing well there's only one spot I remember uh, that I can remember from the match about a week later. That's when Dean Ambrose went through the ladder. Holy crap. The ladder yeah. bridge between the apron and the ring barrier. Other than that, I guess I remember the last segment where how Daniel Bryan won the I got got the title just because I listened to a podcast last night at work talking about that. How okay. uh, Dean how uh, Ziggler and Bryan were giving each other headbutts on top of the oh. ladder, but other than that, there's really nothing I, I really remember from the match. I, I really liked this match, and I I could see, I think, I, coming out of this, like, this match is really kind of a microcosm of kind of, like, what's happened, right? Like, 
hear me out here. So, you know, Brian looked great. Ziggler looked great. I thought Ambrose did not. And I think this is really paramount of what's happened. This, you know, we talked about Rollins in the last 10 months or whatever since we turned. Man, Ambrose was hot for those first few months, but he has really bottomed out, in my opinion. He's just nothing at this point. I I feel like the Um, Ambrose uh, approach got, I guess, watered out in in a sense when his feud with Seth Rollins ended at Hell in a Cell and when he started his feud with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and and out of the Bray Wyatt feud, he's really become nothing. Like, after the Bray Wyatt feud finished. Which is sad, because, you know, out of the Shield, I guess, out of the Shield, originally, Dean Ambrose was the guy who I couldn't care less of when they were a three-man team. After they broke up, I was most excited about Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I could care less about Roman Reigns. But right. now it seems like people, everybody wants to see Seth Rollins, and now they don't care about the other two. Yeah, I thought I thought coming out of the Shield that Dean Ambrose was going to be the star, and the other two were going to be kind of left behind. But whoa, whoa, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not been that case. I will give another big whoa, yeah, to Luke Harper, who I thought looked tremendous during this uh, match, and uh, I still think it's weird that. Uh, a guy who I watched in Chikara uh, as the big rig Brody Lee. Here he is on WrestleMania. He's awesome. I would love to see him get a real push. I think he's just tremendous. I think he's great in the ring. You know, f- he can fly around for a big dude. He can do all these power moves. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see him maybe with a manager of some sort, but I think he could do a lot. Well, I'd love to see him, maybe after Brian is done with Ziggler feuding here, I'd love to see a Brian Harper feud, because I think they could have some tremendous matches. Yeah, kind of talk about, you know, the shield breaking up and all that. When the Wyatts were together, I didn't think nothing of Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Now after the Wyatts broke up, I feel like Luke Harper's been looking have a lot better than the other two, by far. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. He has be, definitely become the star of those three. But even... I think when they were all together, um, maybe not in the first few months, but as time went on, I think it became pretty obvious that he was the best out of the three, then, uh, in my opinion. And kind of talking about the Dean Ambrose uh, ladder spot, it uh, kind of looked like with how the ladder broke, the, the, the ladder they used to put Dean Ambrose through looked a little wooden. No, I don't think so. Okay, you don't think so? Okay, good. Yeah, at least it's like how it broke, that it may have been... Wood, or maybe you know they may have somehow pre-cut it or whatever. Or make yeah, I'm it, sure it was gimmicked, but yeah, I, gimmicked I, don't down. I don't think it was wooden though. Yeah, kind of, kind of like what your kind of like your desk that you just broke. <laughs> I just put somebody through it. Yes. Yeah, this is Beverly Hills though. Don't worry. Then I guess we might as well talk you know a little bit about the pre-show ma- matches. Uh, what's your thoughts on the big show winning the Andre, Andre the Giant Memorial? It's easy for me to say. What's your thoughts on Big Show? What do you think that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Um, when I read it on Twitter, because I saw just whatever, it doesn't really matter, but to reveal how I watched it or whatever, <laughs> I followed the results on Twitter on Sunday and then I watched it um, in, during my prep time before school while I was working all this week. But um, when I read it, I was like, oh, Big Show, really? But 
as I thought about it, just like you said, as you process the the main event or whatever, as I process this one, the more it made sense to me. Um, because first off is on the pre-show. Okay. So it's not in a spot where we're necessarily trying to put somebody over. Okay. So that made sense to me. Um, secondly, you know how in every battle royal we watch, the, even the 95 one, they always say, well, hold the, the number one favorite. It's got to be this big fat dude. Well, the big fat guy, other than Yokozuna in 93, never wins, right? Like they always lose. Well, we got to let the big fat dude win like once. Yeah, I, I think they were kind of preluding it to in the to the match, but didn't the Big Show win the WCW World War Three Battle Royal once before? Uh he may he may have. I okay. think I think you're right. So they, WWE never really touched uh, t- uh, touches WCW history. So I think they did mention before that Big Show won it way back in the day and all that. So other than that, yeah, WWE, he came close, and all the year before, he was, was the last elimination in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Then, you know, 2004, he was the last guy eliminated by Chris Benoit in the Royal Rumble. Then in 2000, The Rock last eliminated him, him to win the Royal Rumble. So, Big Shots came close to winning better Royals or Royal Rumbles in the WWE. It was nice to, I guess, finally put him over. And I guess the way is give him... Something to kind of say, hey, we appreciate all the years you put in the business and all the years you've, you know, gave and given to the WWE. Yes, I, you know, and I'm okay with that once in a while. Um, I'm not all for career lifetime achievement award stuff, but every now and then I'm not against it. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't against when they gave. Oh, as long as the person backs it up or whatever. Like, I wasn't against when Mark Henry became champion. I felt like that was kind of a lifetime achievement thing. And he lived out, you know, did it, did a great job at it. I'm not against them giving Big Show this win because I thought he was really good in the match. Um, what's your thoughts on the other big storylines? That being the, the, I guess, the short part, the Axelmania part, and the Miz Mizdow. Absolutely. And should you have thought Miz, Miz you should you have, do you think Mizdow should have won? It made me laugh seeing Axelmania running wild. Yeah. Enough to be eliminated on the Battle Royal. Yes. Damien Mizdow, I guess, it's so like that, you know, what reports I've listened to in well, podcasts I listen to, reports I've read that it seemed like. No, but I, I want to know what you thought, not what podcast thought. I want to know what you thought. If they would have given Damien Mizdow <laughs> the win. People probably would have cared about him after WrestleMania. Would you have cared about him after WrestleMania? I really didn't care about him to begin with, to be honest. Okay, well, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear what podcasts think. I'll listen to podcasts, but I want to hear what they think. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, his Damian Mizdow as a gimmick makes me laugh. But, okay. you know, if the especially with Cesaro, how everybody loved that he won last year, then they probably flushed him down the toilet. I had a feeling they would have done the same thing to Damian Mizdow if Mizdow would have won. Okay, sure. Yeah, I I love Damian Mizdow. I think he's hilarious. Um, it would have been I would have been fine if he would have won. Um, but I thought this story was good too. He got his moment of 
throwing out the Miz, which was cool. Uh, I did think it kind of went on a little too long. Yeah. Like them arguing because I feel like then Big Show kind of looks like a fool because he's just like standing over there. Her under's got chill in the corner. It's like, well, okay. I get that you don't want to like get in this fight between like boyfriends, but like it's you're supposed to be trying to win. It isn't just like you in a club watching two people fight or whatever. So like go for it. Um, at some rate. And if this were the middle of that feud, or maybe they should have done this at rumble actually, um, where someone eliminated them while they were fighting about it. But, um, yeah, no, I th- I thought that was that was done fine. You know, I wouldn't have been against Ryback winning. I thought he looked good in the match. Um, but I was I I was perfectly fine with Big Show coming out on top. Then, what's your thoughts on Tyson Kidd and Cesaro retaining the WWE Tag Team Titles against the New Day? In my notes, the Luchadores and the Usos. <laughs> um, I didn't watch a ton of this one. Uh. I'm happy that Cesaro and Kid won because I think they're a great act and they're doing an awesome job with their um, spot that they've been given. Uh, so I was I was pleased that they won. Okay, yeah, same here. That all of the other teams, I'd rather see Kid and Cesaro win it because like they have good chemistry yep. together, and mm-hmm. I hope that they do a lot more with Kid and Cesaro. Yep. Yep. I, I guess to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Out of WrestleMania, is there anything that well, we kind of talked about, you know, the Rollins, uh, Reigns, and Orton and Lesnar feuds, but is there anything else out of WrestleMania that you'd like to see continue on into Extreme Rules and into the summer? Okay, well, we kind of touched on it. I'd love to see really Harper with anybody, but I'd really like to see Harper with Brian. That'd be cool. Um... Like, like, yeah, like we touched on the all the various Seth Rollins options. Um, other than that, not really. Um, I'd like to see a Triple H feud with um, a stack of papers uh, in his office so that I wouldn't have to see him on television. That would be an awesome feud that I'd love to uh, happen. Yeah, I nothing? guess. Nothing? Yeah, I was going to say. That one? I was gonna say I'm <laughs> I am tired of seeing Triple H on TV as well. I you would know, I would love for him to take a break. I you know yeah I understand you know they wanted to have some kind of authority on TV, but I'm tired of this the heel stuff the heel heel rulers and owners and all that. I've, I've been tired with heel authority figures for ten years. So it's, I think it's time to. I was hoping the student would beat Triple H and had right Triple H and Stephanie off for a long time and all that, but you know, I guess, you know, kinda like what we were talking about, I'm excited to see what they'll go with Rollins with the WWE title, you know, defending against Orton right away it sounds like, then Reigns and Lesnar whenever he comes back. I'm kinda excited as I guess I I'm interested on in seeing what they do with Rusev and Cena at, at Extreme Rules and all I that. I am too I am too and I'm really interested with what they do with Rusev out of the Cena feud because you know like I said I, I'd love to see Rusev continue to be undefeated but obviously that's not going to happen but he's one of their strongest characters and if he just ends up you know pooping out here 
because of the Cena feud, I'd be super depressed on that. So yeah, I hope in a year Seth or not Seth Rollins. I hope in a year uh, Rusev isn't the next Bray Wyatt. Yeah, just like thrown into something. I I'd really would like to see him um, in a featured match uh, next year. Same here. So because of time. Is there any? Do you have any other final thoughts or memories of WrestleMania 31, Mister Beverly Hills? Um, I I want to make my next appearance anywhere uh, riding a tank is uh, basically it. I guess when we review WrestleMania 11, I might I had to see if I could get a tank for you to roll into <laughs> Connecticut with. <laughs> Fantastic! So we must well do plugs and all that. Uh, Beverly, how can they listen to the show? Okay, you can listen to the show um, on iTunes by subscribing uh, to us, to Main Event Status Radio. You can listen on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Main Event Status Radio. You can listen to us through the website at Main Event Status Radio.com. Uh, main Event Status.com. Uh, oh, no, sorry. No radio. That's okay. Jeepers creepers. Look at me. What a putz I am. <laughs> Just Main Event Status.com. Um, how you can get a hold of me at uh, twitter.com slash Beverly Hills MES. Yes. Or just at Beverly Hills MES. How about you? And for me, at Dirty Dog MES. That's dog as in D A W G, Dirty Dog MES. And you guys can also interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash main event status radio. And usually I say we catch you guys next time on main event status radio. But. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I'm the Dirty Dog Darcy. I'll catch you guys after this break. And just before we leave, thank you for Dirty Dog for taking some time out of his busy sleep schedule for talking to me uh, and uh, dealing with my kind of crazy family schedule. So appreciate that. And I'll be right back after this break with more WrestleMania 31 Fallout. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Last night, the WWE Universe found out who truly is the biggest dog in the yard at WrestleMania 31 when Roman Reigns challenged WWE World Heavyweight Champ Brock Lesnar, Tamron. But in a big last-minute surprise, Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins cashed it all in when he crashed the party and defeated both men to take home the championship belt. Wow. All right, let's welcome the new... WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins! Congratulations! Hey guys, what's going on? How you doing, Good morning, how are you? Pleasure to meet you. Good morning. Hello, hello. Well, hello, Mr. Money in the Bank. That's what I need to know. Explain to me what went down, because there are fans upset last night. They don't think this is a real title belt. No, no, no. This is the real deal, and I am the real WWE World Heavyweight Champion, cashed in at the grandest stage of them all, our biggest event of the year, WrestleMania. Uh, I, uh, I've been Mr. Money in the Bank now for oh, almost nine months or so. Wow. Uh, I won the Money in the Bank contract, which I could cash in at any time, wow. any place, anyway. and I picked the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania, uh, in front of 76,000 strong at Levi's wow. Stadium last night, home of the San Francisco 49ers. But Seth, shouldn't the WWE Champion have to win it fair and square? You kind of went in, Brock and Rowan are passed whoa, out whoa, in the whoa, ring. Whoa. I don't know. Do you have to fight? Do, do, are you really challenging me right now? Yes, he is. Are you stepping up to yes, me right yes, now? Yes, he is. Should we hold I, him I, down? I would take him out. Take him out. I would advise that. 
that if I were you. Oh, I'm going to move. I cashed in fair and square, inserted myself into the main event of WrestleMania, and I beat Roman Reigns. Mm. I beat been, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He said, oh, and that's yeah. why I'm here with you guys today. Right. Seth, he's been talking all morning about how you, you ripped this off. He's yeah. been saying that all He's been saying all yeah. kinds of things that's behind you. He's been saying very politely. Yeah. Very no, politely. Yeah. That's not what you said yeah. back. You were talking about wow. And he went to a wrestling <laughs> match recently. He's I learned at, moves. I was at Paul Culkin night. Yeah. Hulkamania at the Garden. Oh, yeah. Of course I was. I was there. And now you're going back for Monday Night Raw? We got Monday Night Raw tonight. Live USA Network. Anything can happen. The crowd's going to be wild. A lot of leftover. A lot of... From WrestleMania, how so it's going to be a good time. How important is the entrance? How important is You know, that? it's a good thing you mentioned that because WWE is a lot about what we do in the ring, but it's also about our character oh. and about our interest and entrance. And with that said, uh-huh. I actually brought a little surprise for oh. you guys. Oh, really? What do they tell me? Oh, no. They tell me you're a huge Hulk Hogan fan. Oh, yeah. You oh. went to Hulk Hogan oh. Appreciation I Night. I was there. And I feel like this would this could be good for you. This could be you. Oh. If I wow. look like Hulk Hogan, I might attempt to do that. Look at you. you. Oh, oh, and Al. Oh. The people's weatherman, Al Roker. And that says just bring it. Oh, oh. look at you. Oh. She's got a lot of spunk, just like you, all She's right? She's got a lot of something. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins, he is. Former Mr. Money in the Bank. Former Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, now, world, now. Champion. Yes. World, world champion. Congratulations. Thank Thanks you for making guys. the trip all the way. Yes. Thank you so much for Excuse me. I'm just gonna Next time you're not in your seat, you can take on Willie. <laughs> yeah, we're afraid. Yeah, sorry. Well, let me hit the record button once again, and welcome back. To Main Event Status Radio, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Joining me is Ronnie Lucas from WBCB 1490 AM's Pro Wrestling Weekly. Gentlemen, what's your overall thoughts on A.G. Lee retiring once again, please? Okay. Um, yeah. Take, one take, Jake. Take two. Here we go. Um, look, go, I, go ahead, Luke. You for, got this. For, for the listeners that do listen to the podcast, to the podcast and our radio show, you know, a lot of people know that I have a huge crush on AJ Lee. Um, but, you know, all joking aside, she was one of my favorites wrestling-wise, and not just because of her looks. She was a very talented wrestler. She was one of the few females that at the time when I started watching again, she could consistently work a good match. And, um, you know, it's sad. I'm sad to see her go. Also, it's just, um, you know... Hopefully she comes to a couple of autograph signings near the area. Um, if not, then, you know, it's sad. But um, it, the whole week itself has been a mindfuck for Ferran and I. Like, I've had midterms and other stuff has happened. It's just, it's been a whole cluster of things. So to add on top of it, AJ Lee's retiring just finished the job. It, it floored you to say the least. Uh, it, it was definitely. Uh, it's hard to say that it was a shock considering everything that was going on. I mean, there, there have been rumors and and speculation of everything from AJ being pregnant. Although, I mean, that's, that's been, like the Dan from Chicago favorite. Oh, uh, right see, there. I knew you were going to go there. Uh, I thought you were going to go there at some point. No, I, I, I just I gloss over it. Uh, that's that's what I. You know, yeah. I gloss oh, yeah. You st- oh, wow. I've done that. I've stopped it from- <laughs> as a broadcast journalist. I've performed. 
I was broke long before you came. Um, the other, the other major spec movements, the situation she's been in when CM Punk's Colt Cabana podcast dropped and all that mudslinging by CM Punk and his side of the story I mean, with Z-Packs and everything else and the, the, the poor doctor treatments and I mean, all that stuff, it, it's been going over ad nauseum from six months ago. But having to deal with that and now WWE and Dr. Chris Amon throwing out the count lawsuits, the, the defamation of character suits and is in the middle. She's got to deal with her employer on one side, and she's got to deal with her husband on the other, and it can't make for the best, most amicable work environment. Yeah, I mean, you said it there. I don't know about you, but I was surprised that they were on... They, well, they know the, they know my voice is different than yours. Of course I said it there. <laughs> Fuck you, Ferran. Ah. <laughs> uh. He's so harsh when we don't have, you know, censorship and, and FCC rules to follow. You unleash the intern, no holds barred. That's all I'm saying. It's, uh, uh, but go on. I'll just, I'll just. There's, I, I thought, you know, I wouldn't be either. I always thought there's, I, I always, there have been a lot of times where I wondered, you know, what a situation is between, like, a, I thought that she probably just said something. And he didn't, you know, there was a falling out. Because AJ, she, she tends to, she and Punk are very similar. She is the female in Punk because she's not afraid to speak her mind. Like, look at that on Twitter when uh, Stephanie McMahon pulled the whole, um, you know. Oh, but the, uh, the give Divas a chance? Yeah, and she was like, she, 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 she's got a fiery side to her. She, she does her, have a filter at times. And I, I respect that. I don't have a filter at times either. Um, like on podcasts, exactly. God, there were so many more. I'm just saying, with my mouth, there would have been so many more f bombs dropped from the Polka Band podcast if I was the guest. Just saying, there was like 300 and something of them. Doesn't matter. I'd make it 400. There, I'd be just. Ugh. I have, I have more, a bad. I have worse potty language than a British person does. No offense to Harry Barnett over in England. I was just going to ask if uh, Harry would agree with you or not. Thank you. I don't know. You never know with Harry. He's he's, he's yeah, he he could take the counter argument just to argue with Lucas. So that it's he's my mortal enemy, my arch rival. It was fun having him in the studio, though. It was a, it was fun. I have a picture I'm probably going to post later of me. I had a picture of me getting him in a headlock. It was very uh, entertaining. Yes. Yes. Sports. So what's your guys' overall thoughts on WrestleMania from start to finish? It was a very good WrestleMania. Um, there was a lot of delicious beer. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, our friend Ryan was uh, he was uh, quite tipsy walking down the street going, Hoo-hoo, happy days are here again. <laughs> Where make Ryan sound like a lush? He's not, but he kept blabbing on about Kane, I'll say that. Kane is his boy, kind of like how Chris Jericho is Eric's boy. Ah, he's a Jericho-holic. He, he is a Jericho-holic. Sort of like how the night when it comes to Jeff Hardy, we're a straight-edge society member. Just, that's just because you're fucking creepy. <laughs> or because, of, or just, uh, fuck, I just want to fuck AJ. Maybe that's what you call someone that's a fan of AJ Lee. 
It's, I guess, or a, um, a part of the yes movement. You're, you're looking to light it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe that's why A.G. Lee retired. I don't, I, I don't have my drops and things here like I do at the studio. So that's where I'd play the music, <laughs> kind of like I did earlier in that great bit that nobody will hear because we can't replicate it. Um, but yeah, so uh, mocking Lucas coming into the studio, skipping into the to AJ lighted up. That it, it, it was entertaining. It was, to say the least. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll do like a record kind of mock up of it and just kind of give highlights over like a little fifteen minute mini. We'll just do like an OSW review of the episode. And We're that's review right there. Our own episode is that? That's right there where newbies drop the F the S bomb. In our studio. What a cunt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know. Eric, are you familiar with uh, the old school wrestling video podcast? No, I'm not, sadly enough. They need to check it out. It is such a funny thing. They, they are hilarious. They are fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uh, OSWReview.com. They, uh, it's these three Irish uh, friends who... Pretty much get drunk and watch wrestling pay-per-views and review it. It's fucking hilarious. Almost as hilarious as I'm constantly getting interrupted by Lucas. <laughs> I will definitely have to check them out since I am able to listen to my iPod at work, so I'll definitely download a few episodes and check them out this coming week. Well, yeah, I was going to say, they're on YouTube. I think the, the, the audio is on iTunes, but the, the, there are a lot of visual gags as well. That okay. No podcast. Uh, they started off by chronologically critiquing the Hulkamania era pay-per-view by pay-per-view. Oh, brother. <laughs> So yeah, brother is right. Oh, so yeah, they started nice episode decade, one too. was WrestleMania one. Uh, yeah, well, th- that's because of something that we actually reviewed in today in wrestling history earlier for April fourth. Uh, Hogan shoehorning his way into a main event that he wasn't even in to get his fifth WWF championship back on this date in 1993. Oh, WrestleMania nine, brother. Twenty-two years ago today, and. 22 years ago when yours truly first became a fan of professional wrestling. Ah, yes, correct. It all started with that and J.R. and a toga and, and Bobby that, the Brain Heenan riding backwards on a camel. Keep in mind, that's what made him a wrestling fan. That's not, that's, that's why he's a wrestling fan. That's the funniest part. I was 11 back then. I know, I know. It's just it's fun to take the piss out of it now because you're now 30. There's nothing wrong with watching uh, Bobby Heaton coming down coming down to the ring backwards on a camel with his ass showing. Oh, okay, yeah, that that savage. <laughs> I mean, that had to have been a rip of some sort. But I mean, yeah, we did not need to see Heenan with those blue grampies that he was wearing underneath the toga. That that was a bit much. <laughs> yeah, there, well, there was a lot about that event that was a bit much. Like Hulk Hogan. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, brother, I'm going to film a shitty movie. Can you put the title on me again, brother? Please, brother. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, uh, or maybe it was, maybe, or maybe it was Vince McMahon doing the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he was going, please, Hogan, come back. And then Hogan goes over to Japan with the WWF title and declares it a trinket, a toy. Yeah, he would rather have the IGWP heavyweight title instead of the WWF title. Title that the, the great Muta was uh, holding at the time. Oh, my what gosh. Yeah, that 
I, and I didn't know about that all as a kid. And I mean, it wasn't until recently that I found that out and I thought, wow, Hogan, what are you doing, brother? Yeah, seriously, brother. It's not very, it's not very savvy to put it in the Today. Oh, that was the perfect time to use it. Stop. It. Uh, I guess. <laughs> well, we might as well do uh, start going down the card and all that. Uh, on the pre-show, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro retained the tag team titles against the New Day, Los Menadores, and the Usos. What's your guys' overall thoughts on the first match? I mean, I didn't get to see. My, actually, we were playing. Uh, we were playing cornhole. It's a beanbag game. I don't know if it, it, the typical beanbag tailgating game. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know. I know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want bad rumors to start here involving... Oh, never mind. Okay, yeah. D- just stop digging yourself that hole right there. Um, <laughs> oh? Ah! No. Um, <laughs> we were... Um, we didn't even... The pre-show was taking forever for the matches to start, so we just were playing uh, tailgating games, and then we did manage to see the Battle Royal. We didn't really see much of the um, the tag team match, though, or at least I didn't. I don't know about Ferrari. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it was all right. We did you have, had like, the, a Hardy Boys upset down in the game of Cornhole, which was pretty fun. <laughs> tag team. My best tag team partner yet. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm like, all right, how do I respond? And if so, all right, is now I can't use that. No, I can't use that. You know, it's just we're going to move on. So, yeah, so yeah, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro retained the tag team titles. It was I felt like it was a decent opener, you know, a good way to start the pre the pre show for one of the first matches in the pre show. Then the big show won the the his dad's memorial battle royal, which was kind of nice to see. Cesaro is a very talented worker. I'm surprised he hasn't been put in any of the main events yet. He really is a consistent and a very talented worker. He I definitely see him having a future as at least a contender for a WWE championship. Yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, maybe it's because he's foreign. Vince has that against him, but I'm sure once Vince is out of the way, yeah, Cesaro is somebody you definitely want to stick in your main event. Oh, definitely. He could put on a group. I'd like to see Cesaro versus Daniel Bryant in like a singles for the Intercontinental Championship. That would be an amazing match. Like, I was sort of bored of Cesaro Tyson. I mean, not Cesaro, uh, Tyson. Okay. Cesaro Sheamus for the U.S. title. But then I went back and watched him as Claudio Castagnoli in Ring of Honor, and I just thought, book him. Book him right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys have talent that just isn't – it's not being utilized. You know what the funny thing is? You, um, uh, I think it was Mike Samsel from uh, – from, from BCB? Yeah. yeah, he said – he was saying that, you know, two years in a row, a Ring of Honor guy walked out with the, with the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is true. And I, there, I, Some love is finally getting shown to some smaller guys. It's not all yeah. about – Oh, larger than life. Ugh. I think it's because Vince McMahon still has a say, but his grip is sort of slackened on on the... Not enough preacher curls. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we also go to the ladder match for the Intercontinental title that Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental title against champion Bad News Barrett, R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler, and Stardust. What's your guys' thoughts overall on the ladder match? I was a little bit worried about the headbutts at the end of the match. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, hopefully neither of them had any kind of concussions after that because those were brutal. Yeah, because seriously, I think that might have been why Dolph Ziggler wasn't on SmackDown. Certainly possible. Hopefully not. Like seriously, it's almost like at this point, it's almost like Ben McMahon hates Brian so much he almost wants him to actually beat Benoit at this point. It's just headbutt, and they were doing it on Raw too, just headbutt after headbutt after headbutt. 
it was worrying the crap out of me. Like these are both people, both superstars that Daniel Bryan had a surgically repaired neck. Ziggler's had some concussions. Uh, Bryan's had, I think, one or two concussions in his time with the WWE. Not to mention how many concussions they might have had in, in the Indie Circuit, in, the in Ring Circuit. of Honor, in, in in Japan. It's like, why would you do something like that? So I know. I think a few weeks ago on the show on PWW. Fran, or not Fran, Lucas, you were talking about the, I think, quote-unquote, the Daniel Bryan conspiracy about comparing him to Chris Benoit. I'd like, no. like to get you I like to you to go more in-depth about that because that intrigued me while I was listen, listening to the show a few weeks ago. Think about it, and it wasn't a conspiracy to me. It was just very scary how... It was an observation, I guess, more than anything. Think about right? it this way. Daniel Bryan and Chris Benoit both had sort of similar moveset. I mean, there's a variation to it. But if you really think about it, Daniel Bryan and Chris Benoit both use the flying headbutt, and they both do it the same way, arms right out in the open. They use the cross face, but Daniel Bryan calls it the yes lock. And I think he positions his legs different too, but you, you see the similarities are right there. Um, the main event of WrestleMania 20 was Chris Benoit walking out of the main event of WrestleMania in a triple threat match, and people thought, oh, he can't do this. How Like, he was like a... He was like the leftover in, in the uh, Shawn Michaels Triple H feud, and people didn't think he had a chance of walking out with it. And He was the oh-by-the-way guy. Yeah. and he, But he was also, people wanted him to succeed. He was like so over with the fans at this point. And he walks out with the main event in a tri- triple threat match. Wins by, and he wins by using the crossface. <laughs> cross um, uh, uh, the next year, WrestleMania 21, he's in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It was the first ever, you know, first time it happened at WrestleMania. It was a notable match. wasn't exactly a big match on the card, but it was meant to steal the show. Like, it was destined to steal the show. Um, then look, 10, 10 years later, Daniel Bryan wins the main event of WrestleMania. The Vince McMahon, he's sort of the, oh, by the way guy, and the fans really wanted him to succeed. He manages to get his way into the main event and wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in a triple threat match by using the yes lock, which is, well, his version of the crossface. Now, as he sips the soda for a Sorry. second, <laughs> very lengthy uh, part of a rant. So, Daniel Bryan last Sunday was the six-man ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Seven-man, my bad. Pensbury mapping. Shut up. I think it's the and I think it might have been the first time that, that has ever happened for the Intercontinental for the Intercontinental Championship. This match was not designed to be a main event match, but it was meant to steal the show. In fact, it was the curtain jerker on the card. The only thing that's different from Chris Benoit and Daniel Bryan is Chris Benoit did not win the the ladder match Money in the Bank. Edge won. He was the first ever Money in the Bank winner. But the similarities are there. It, it's very scary. And you know, like their rise, their 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 pot, the 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 track of popularity that they're on, their move set. It, it's just very, and they both married in the business too. Like they both married women that were part of the business already. Although I think Daniel Bryan's track, as far as popularity, is bigger than Benoit's. True. Was. And at the same time. Because I'm reading the book Ring of Hell, which is about Chris Benoit, and it's, it's chronicling his career and the downfall of the pro wrestling industry, as the guy put it. 
And Benoit also sort of exhibited some mental issues. You think? Before, not, not, not just before he got a lot of the concussions. Like, he was a very sadistic river backstage. He liked to pull mean pranks. He, um, you know, when he messed up in a match, he would punish himself by doing, like, a thousand squat thrusts, five thousand put... Like, he was very, um... He was, he was a very odd dude. Um, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet outside of the ring, but, like, backstage, he was... He was sadistic at times. It, it, you saw signs of, sort of, mental illness that you don't see with Brian. And yeah. I hope happened. But I think that's probably the reason that Vince McMahon hates Daniel Bryan so much is because, you know... He, he looks at him and sees Benoit. Yeah. Or Voldemort, or... Yeah. That's Canadian really, Voldemort. It's pretty much the thing. Yeah. I, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. Okay, so this is where I get to kind of stall for time. Well, when, well, when Lucas is out, out uh, going to the bathroom and all that, we might as well get into the next match. What, uh... Fran, what's your thoughts on Randy, Randy Orton pulling the RKO out of nowhere to defeat Seth Rollins? Well, it's amazing how the phrase RKO out of nowhere has just shot up in popularity since those uh, various um, Vine and otherwise videos uh, over the course of a few months ago. I think it was while Orton was filming a movie that... It just it surged his popularity, and now you've gotten to see it in another form. The curb stomp into a reverse into an RKO, uh, an amazing move that's right up there with. And I mean that that's a debate that's going to go for a while as far as greatest RKO out of nowhere: the shooting star press on Evan Bourne or the curb stomp on Seth Rollins. And I'll, it might be just me, but is it me or does it seem like uh, Randy Orton's finally getting out of the black tights phase that he's been in for the last seemingly seemingly like forever? Well, that's something that the roster in general, it, it, for some reason, black is a great crutch color. But if everybody's wearing black, then nobody's really that differentiated. Yeah, so no, I've been noticing often in the last year. Since WrestleMania last year, that Orton's finally starting to move away a little bit from just the, the stereotypical black trunks and all that. So I was just curious about that. Well, maybe he was going with the black trunks because of the similarities and comparisons that have been given between him and Austin, at least in terms, of, I guess, similarly of, of mannerisms. Uh, the RKO out of nowhere is similar to how a Stone Cold Stunner can come out of nowhere. Austin was called the Rattlesnake. Randy Orton's called the Viper. Again, it's another one of those, you can see some similarities there. One of those type deals. And what's your thoughts on, well, we can always get get back to it when when, uh, Lucas comes back, but what's your thoughts on Triple H defeating Steen in the no-DQ match? Uh, I, I took a little bit of flack for, uh, for picking Triple H and my prediction's starting to go wrong. But I kind of went with the I, – I, I got into Vince McMahon's head for a second and thought, all right, this has been played up as far as Sting representing WCW, even though WCW was bought out 14 years ago. And because they've hammered that point so home – or home so much that a WCW wrestler coming in, even with as much hype as Sting has – 
can't win against somebody from WWE. That that's the message that Vince wants to send is that anybody from WCW is inferior. Well, and, didn't Triple H get his start in WCW though? Six years to stick in dusty roads and polka dots, if you will. Yeah, but uh, to me, it, that kind of bothered me that during the match that. Especially JBL really hit hit it home that it's the Monday, the Monday Night War all over again. Even though Stan mentioned, I think is on the Go Home Raw that this this isn't about WCW versus WWE and all that. So that, I guess that that bothered me a little bit hearing it from is, JBL that yeah, it's all about the Monday Night War all, all over again. I mean, how many times did they try to recreate that? I mean, TNA tried to recreate that back in, what was it, 2010? And, and I mean, that that was, it went over like a squeaky fart in church. It just, it's nine weeks and TNA jumped back to Thursday. <laughs> What's your guys' thoughts on DX and the NWO making a run-in or a stroll-in during the match? Roll-in. Yeah, you can't run. Yeah, yeah, just just kind of taking their walkers down the right. No, it's it was a fun moment. I feel like it's something that would have been better twelve, thirteen years ago. It just, I mean, seeing the majority of those guys who came out there were into their fifties. So battle, or at least late, or at least late. Late forties. I mean, um, the ACL showdown. That's that's yeah, what. It the, is. I mean, the NWO. Yeah, the NWO. You had Kevin Nash, who's in his fifties. You had Scott Hall, who's in his fifties. Hogan is sixty-one, I think. And then, of course, with DX, you've got Billy Gunn, who's in his early fifties. You've got uh, the Road Dog, who's in his late forties. And I think X Pac is the he's he's the spry youngster of the bunch at uh, at a whopping forty. Two years old. And what's your thoughts on the sweet chin music out of nowhere that Michael's landing on Stan during the Scorpion Deathlock? Um, you knew that Sean had to be there in some capacity with everybody else, considering you saw him the night before at the Hall of Fame ceremony. It was a. Uh, from what my soccer coach said, he said it was a weak super kick that Sean. Like I'm, I'm like, what do you expect? When's the last time that he dropped a super kick? Shawn Michaels, I mean, like, when is the last time that he really let somebody have it and not wrist injury? I'll probably want to say it'd be definitely during one of his last runs. That would that would be five years ago, at least. Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you expect? Just he's got to take it easy to some sort of capacity, right? Plus, it's a matter of who he's working with, too. I mean, he's applying that to a 56-year-old man. True. Yeah. I mean, last time he saw that was uh, was Flair back at uh, Mania 24. Yeah. And he still Flair had it, though. That was the thing. And are you guys surprised as much as I was that Kevin Nash didn't tear another quad? Um, yes and no. I mean, the, the, when Scott Hall got flipped over by the road dog, I got a little bit nervous because I was just like, Oh, don't break a neck. Don't break anything. Don't break anything. Oh, thank God. He's okay. Oh, don't go back on the painkillers. We tried to get you so far off of this. 
<laughs> Pretty the much. demons, the demons, the they're demons. Back. <laughs> Just like no, DDP won't even be able to save him if he goes back. <laughs> Inhale into Cobra, exhale into Down Dog. Yep. Then, what's your guys' thoughts on AJ Lee and Paige defeating the Bella Twins? I, you know, say, I, yeah, I enjoy the match. You, you go right ahead and give your thoughts on AJ Lee. I don't want to give all of my thoughts, but I did think it was a very entertaining match. I'll, 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 I'll leave you alone for this one. No, 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 don't you dare. Um, I thought it was a very good match. AJ and Paige certainly disappointed in the look category. Um, but uh, it was a it was a decent finish. Damn, they looked sexy. Uh, don't really. I don't really have much more to go on this, and Ferran sort of left me hanging, so why don't we go on to the next topic, huh? Okay, well, we may as well, so we might as well talk about John Cena giving us a flashback to WrestleMania, to, uh, WrestleMania 20 and defeating Rusev for the United States Championship. I didn't think it was, I, I liked, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't upset with the finish by any cause. You, if you, did you notice, though, did you notice C, the look on Cena's face when, uh, he was pissed. He looked really. Oh, oh, you mean when he first came out when everybody was chan- uh, chanting John Cena sucks? That was that Philly invented that too. That was the best part. Philly, that was started at the Royal Rumble this year, and it was. It was he looked pissed. He did not look happy at all. I mean, why would you? I just, I just don't understand at this point. What, what is it? What will it take besides seeing attorney heel? Because that will never happen. What will it take for, for the fans to stop booing Cena? Selling up probably for John Cena to go away. Like I, but why do they hate him so much? I feel, at least in my opinion, I feel like John Cena's been jammed down my throat a lot and in, in, in almost every feud he's been in, in the last 10 years, he's always had the upper hand. And he doesn't really have that many weaknesses. It's not really his fault, though, and you know, blame it on Vince McMahon. Don't, don't just, don't just blame it on Cena. I mean, and he's not really shoved down our throats because he's not like within the past two or three years he hasn't. He's only been on Raw at least like once a night. At the he hasn't. He has. He's not like completely on Raw all the time. He's not even like the opening segment anymore. He, you know, they took him out of the main event picture. For now, I, you know, I think he he can like dance with the title for a little bit, but he can't. I don't think he should win it anymore. Well, I guess I don't know if people are really booing John Cena, the wrestler, as much as I think they might be also booing the storylines that John Cena's been put in. I think they're more or less booing the 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 creative team from in the back. I think though that apparently people thought that. Rusev's push is now killed because he got fed to Super Cena. I don't think that's the case because who was the who was the last guy that was fed to John Cena that was like had an up Bray Wyatt was like the last real guy that got fed to Cena in the feud besides Lesnar and look at Bray Wyatt he went up against the Undertaker in a very it was a very entertaining match he was one of like the marquee matchups. And I, I in my opinion I feel like. After the feud that Bray Wyatt had with John Cena last year, to me, Bray Wyatt's character's been dampered, in my opinion. That I could really care less on seeing Bray Wyatt because, yeah, granted, you know, they had a. Uh, I thought their match at WrestleMania 30 was great. Their last man steady match was great. 
but Cena in the end had to win. And I thought that kind of dampered the momentum that Bray Wyatt had. Let, but wait, so you're going to let John Cena winning ruin your liking for Bray Wyatt? That that's, See, that's the problem. It's because that, that's the problem with fans. Because they hate John Cena so much, they don't want to like anybody that's been fed to him anymore. Like, That's because they know that he's going to, whoever gets fed to Cena just disappears down the card. Really? So who did Bray Wyatt face last Sunday at WrestleMania? The Undertaker. Exactly. Was that actually that was a match after Cena's? That was one of the marquee matchups. Argument is invalid. Well, we might as well talk about the Undertaker for this Bray Wyatt match because I do have some thoughts about that match too. That I don't know if uh, any of the callers really studied on the last few weeks on on your guys' show or not, but in my opinion, after Undertaker lost last year at at thirty against Lesnar, I don't want to see the Undertaker anymore. I could care less to see Undertaker come back and wrestle, and I felt it was great to see him like this past Sunday. Don't get me wrong, but I've the or was gone with the streak. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah, the luster's luster's gone. Yeah, it it did something didn't feel the same. I mean, you knew there was going to be a lot of spectacle with with the entrances and the. Yeah, the the mystique versus the creepy factor, but there was something that just wasn't there. Uh, whereas, my gosh, if, I mean, if we were going into the this a twenty two and zero heading into it, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I guess the thought process then would be, well, if Taker beat Lesnar, and, and Lesnar's now in the title scene. Who knows if Lesnar would be in the title scene if he lost to Taker. There are just so many kind of spinning scenarios based off of that. You know what I wanted to talk about, though, with Lesnar's push? Like, Lesnar, we should have seen it coming with Lesnar. The reason, and another thing that I heard somebody say was, oh, Bray Wyatt should have been in the title picture. No, he shouldn't have. Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker was probably the best move. Just like Reigns versus Lesnar was the best move. Because think of it this way. Ever since after... Um, WrestleMania 29, Lesnar was on a winning streak. He was not defeated. Let's see. He beats Triple H in a steel cage match in Extreme Rules 2013. Then he beats uh, he beats CM Punk at SummerSlam. Then he beats The Big Show at the Royal Rumble 2014. Uh, destroys The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Then, uh, let's see, uh, the next time was SummerSlam, beat Cena, Royal Rumble 2015, demolishes Cena and Seth Rollins in a, um, triple threat. In a triple threat match. Who, who else, but they were looking, and I think if Roman Reigns didn't get injured, he probably would have been a little bit more over because then it would have been more valid. I feel like the crowd started turning on Reigns right after he won Superstar of the Year because they realized that. It was he wasn't going to be popular organically to them anymore. It wasn't them that was giving Reigns a push. It, it was, was more of force feeding. Yeah. Well, do you guys feel like Roman Reigns is ready to be in the WWE title picture? Oh, but he was well in the title in the picture, picture. Yes, but not the holding champion. Up. He put on a great match with Lesnar. He did. I, I'm, I'm on the him. fence about it. So like, it, it, it's one of those things where. He, it, He's not 
the best on the microphone, but you also can't put him in a position to fail. Trying to make him the cocky, cool guy when he should just be the the silent ass kicker, you're, you're setting him up to fail. A lot of comparisons were thrown uh, to wrestling. I think I saw it on the Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast of comparing Roman Reigns to, to Diesel. Diesel. <clears throat> Similar deal. Silent muscle guy who, I mean, Diesel's case was paired with Shawn Michaels and Reigns' case paired with The Shield, splits off on his own, gets kind of hot-shotted into the title picture, and goes from being <laughs> that strong, silent butt-kicker to the smarmy, cocky Sort of cool like guy. Sting, too, if you really think about it. Like, he was, look, think of it this way. After he was, like, the Sting, the surfer dude, you know, he was awesome. And then once he did the Crow gimmick and he starts, you just didn't say anything. Automatically over with the fans. Starcade '97 puts on a great match with Hollywood Hogan, but as soon as like they get back the NWO when he starts talking, it really just the Wolf Pack. Yeah, it really starts losing its. <clears throat> Which I don't know. I say that I was a huge fan of the Wolf Pack <clears throat> faction back in. I, in I didn't think it was that bad. Well, I mean, the incarnation that I remember was what Sting, Luger, Savage, Conan, huh? Nash, Conan. Yeah. Nash and Hall. Conan. No, Hall was uh, NWO black and white. I think that uh, Hall was in it for I think a week or two, I believe. Then he then uh, Hall swerved Nash and joined back up with Team Hollywood. Five members that I think of are, are Sting, yeah. Luger, Savage, and to a lesser degree Conan. I mean, he was the vocal piece, you know, the Odele, Arriba La Raza, the whole bit, but uh, I could have taken or left Conan. <laughs> Fair enough. So we might as well get into the WWE title match. I know we talked about it a little bit. I, anyways, I felt like up to Seth Rollins running in and catching the briefcase, I felt like the Reigns and Lesnar match reminded me a lot of Cena and Lesnar from SummerSlam this past year. Just the decimation of Reigns? Is yeah. that? Yeah, at least, yeah, that. You know, I, I mentioned it during the call earlier, earlier that when, when you guys were on the air that, you know, Lesnar brought Reigns to the Suplex City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that made me laugh a lot since, you know, I had made the wise-ass crack that when I called in that, yeah, I'm waiting here in Suplex City waiting for you guys to get done with the show to come on uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Take me to Suplex City. I don't care. Well, once this podcast is over, no. No, not you. <laughs> so do you guys feel like Seth Rollins is ready for the WWE title? And do you feel like Seth Rollins got the rub off of Lesnar that Lesnar got from defeating The Undertaker last year? See, here's the thing. I think Rollins, it doesn't really matter if he's ready or not. Once you give somebody money in the bank, you're pretty much guaranteeing them a title shot. Um, you're pretty much guaranteeing them that they're going to get a title run. Who says it doesn't mean, doesn't mean that he's going to have like a long, long title title run? I mean, he definitely improved a lot over the year as being a great. He's a great heel. He really is. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like if he I feel like does he deserve to have a little run with the title at this point? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't have expected it. After the whole, they sort of brushed off the whole thing with the Twitter scandal. 
you know. But other than that, I think he might be ready for the for the yeah. Like I think because put I think I look at it this way: while Reigns was out with emergency hernia surgery, Rollins was still working. He was he was working in the in the main events and stuff like that. He saw some great matches, had some great feuds. I think he's ready for the title. Yeah. So I feel like there's two people in the last year from Mania 30 to 31 that seem to have that popularity, either good or bad, from the crowd. It's Brock Lesnar, as we saw, and I also feel like Seth Rollins. If you would have told me the weekend after WrestleMania 30 that the Shield's going to break up and Seth Rollins would be WWE champion this you know weekend after WrestleMania 31, I wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me that. The time you really sort of—you would have thought we were hanging out with Rob Van Dam. Yeah, there was. I see what you did there. Yeah. There was. There was such a shift when you look at after us. It's a lot has happened in the past year. Yeah, the yes movement got constipated. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest. Uh, the shield no- turned on. The shield disbanded. Um, the shield pretty much broke. Really think about it. Um, you know, Ray Wyatt. No, no. The, um, Bray Wyatt. Well, the Wyatt family broke up. The Wyatt yeah. family broke up pretty much. Yeah, D. they D. followed individual buzzards. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, very good. I feel like the person that's getting the least amount of credit that should be is Dean Ambrose. He's the one that's not getting as much as Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are. I haven't seen him in the main event picture yet for like for the title shot. So do you, do you feel like uh, Dean Ambrose is capable to, I guess, carry the WWE title if given to him? I feel like if anybody should get a shot, should have a match against Seth Rollins for the title, not saying he should win it, but somewhere down the road before SummerSlam, he should have a pay-per-view match against Seth Rollins. Because I thought I heard rumblings that at Extreme Rules, Rollins would be defending the title against Randy Orton. Do you guys feel like Orton's the best the best first opponent for Rollins for the title? That would definitely be a good opponent for him to knock off. I mean, at the same time, do I think that that's who she should face now, considering he just faced, he's faced him like five times already? Um, no. He could, he, he should, he would be a very good first opponent if he hadn't been feuding with Randy over the past month. And he's like facing him in a bunch of matches. I yeah, I can see that. But if it if it wasn't if it isn't Randy Orton facing Rollins at Extreme Rules for the title, who would be the best case scenario? Who would be the best number one contender if it if it isn't Randy Orton? I don't know. Rollins versus Reigns, maybe. Um, not not the best possible number one contender, but or maybe you have to put him up against somebody who maybe you should put him up against somebody who's had their main event chops, you know, like maybe put him up against, uh, I don't know, put him up against who, who? uh, Sheamus maybe, but it looks like he's in the intercontinental picture. Uh, you could put him up. Damn it. If that's another thing within the past year, a lot of the main event guys that a lot of the guys that have been in the main event picture, like I would have put him, I could have put him up against Batista, but he, he's not with the company anymore. Uh, he, a lot has changed. You see that, you know, don't put him up against Cena. I want to see Rain, 
really the picture, big picture for me is I want to see Rollins versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, and I want to see Bryan win the title. Hmm. I know I kind of, I know I, what I called in, I kind of talked about it, but I had kind of had the feeling that they might bring Brock back at SummerSlam and have him invoke his rematch clause at SummerSlam against Rollins. Yeah, but the thing is, I think, you know, the only way that Lesnar could have lost the title at this point was if he had, was the way, that's that's probably the way he should have lost it was Money in the Bank. Because you put Rollins versus Lesnar one-on-one, I, I think a lot of the crowd is going to believe, no question, Lesnar is going to win at SummerSlam, win the title two years in a row. It, it's not believable enough. is. As funny as it is to say that in pro wrestling, it's not believable that Rollins would be able to walk out of the of the uh, of SummerSlam with the title held high if he was going up against Lesnar. I just even if he had all the help, Lesnar is a effing monster, fucking monster. I guess if you piss off somebody from the Midwest, look out, you might go to Suplex City, bitch. Much. <laughs> would Why? I like to see a rematch? Yes, but maybe I don't know who he would get. Well, I guess I know uh, this past week that uh, WWE announced that they had 1.3 million subscribers to the WWE network. I guess what's your guys' overall thoughts on the subscriber numbers and how should WWE keep them around throughout the summer? Hmm. Well, they're looking into new programming. Um, I think they're kind of licking their wounds because they thought, all right, great, we've got all this growth on the network. And Wall Street said, three, only 300,000 more subscribers in two months. Sell, Mortimer, sell. And next thing you know, they're down. Their, their stock dips about $3 a share in three hours. I, I um, you know, they are adding a lot of new content. It looks like the, the Diva search is going to be coming back. As well as uh, is going to be too hot for TV, but the way oh, they were... that, that sounds like it's right up your alley. Yeah, but the thing was with the two with the diva search, it looked like when they were promoting and showing like the video preview package, are they bringing back Ashley, Michelle, Cole, and Eve Torres, or are those just are those just people that have won the diva search before? I don't know. That, that's the question. Because are we bringing in? new talent or are we just bringing back people that haven't that can still wrestle but haven't been with the wwe for a while like could we see it's like are we bringing in a new face or are we bringing back maria canales which i wouldn't have a problem with but <laughs> well yeah because i know i haven't really heard much on what they're going to do with the new diva searches what is i wouldn't be surprised if they would upload the old diva searches from years past on the network to kind of get the to have the fans reminisce on what the Diva Search was all about. Which wouldn't bother me to see all the past Diva Searches. That was bad. I don't know. I was going to say, some of those things shouldn't be reminisced about. I mean, what next? The uh, the, the, the Katie Vick special? <sighs> Two, don't don't compare that to Katie Vick. Just, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> no, don't. Katie Vick was like the bottom of the barrel. Or six feet under. Very good. Ah, yes. I know I did call in and ask this, and I want to get 
uh, uh, Lucas's thoughts too on this. Do you guys feel that the money in bank, uh, money in bank concept ran its course after Rollins being the first guy to cash it in, it in at WrestleMania and cash it in while the title match was happening? No, and if they do get rid of it, I'll be very upset. That was that's always been one of my favorite matches. It's the Money in the Bank ladder match. Plus, it gives them some creative freedom that they wouldn't otherwise have. So if they feel that a mistake was made somewhere, as they may or may not have done with the Lesnar-Reigns situation, they have kind of an out clause, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Plan B. A plan B, in case of emergency, break glass. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like the probably the best case that they ever done with the Money in the Bank briefcase did happen at WrestleMania that you know, Reigns wasn't getting over that well with the, the crowds, and they, they really didn't want to have Brock be, you know, take a fall yet. So I felt like the, yeah, the best case scenario was having Rollins cash in midway through the match and pin Reigns for the title. Well, I guess you guys have any uh, any more final thoughts and opinions about WrestleMania or the fall or the week after WrestleMania? Crowd pretty much hate fucked the entire show with their chance. Well, no, I don't think it was a complete heavy. The the only thing that, that bothered me, or at least that really bothered me, was on Raw the chant during the six diva tag match. You know, where, where uh, depending on who was in the ring, whether it was. Uh, whether it was Nikki Bella and they were saying uh, you sucked Cena or uh, uh, whether it was Brie Bella in the ring, they were chanting you sucked Brian. Like, I mean, it just, it, I felt it was a little, I guess because it hits a little too close to home and it kind of, it's a little too personal. And when they said give divas a chance, they didn't mean give divas these chants. Necessarily. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, I, I think if it was in more of a jesting way, like, I mean, I remember, gosh, back in ECW in 97, when Ravishing Rick Rude was down in there, I mean, that people in the ECW arena were chanting at Rick Rude, you fucked China. He obviously didn't, at least I don't think he did, but I mean, that was funny because it was obviously meant to get at him, but it wasn't, it, it was unbelievably, you know, it wasn't believable. You would pretty sure that wasn't true. In the case of the Bellas and their respective relationships with Daniel Bryan and John Cena, in the the case of Naomi and her relationship with uh, uh, whichever Uso it is that she's married to. I think it's Jimmy. Jimmy Uso, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, I I get those two mixed up a lot, especially now with, like, zero sleep. Um... Uh, even uh, AJ Lee and CM Punk and uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Natalia and uh, uh, Tyson Kidd. Um, yeah. No, not not. Uh... Anyway, point being, the, the fact that those are real relationships and you're kind of making vulgar chants based on those just for your own amusement, I thought was a bit tasteless. Okay, more than a bit tasteless. And uh, I guess what's your guy? Did you guys watch the Hall of Fame last Saturday night? Oh yes. Uh, gosh, where to begin? Uh, well, I, I now I know how Larry Zabisco feels not having any notes in front of him. I guess yeah. What's 
what's your guys' overall thoughts on the induction of the class and the speeches that that we that we've seen on the WWE Network? Uh, well, one of the big stories that came out of the uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony, or at least, well, I shouldn't say it was a big story, but a notable story was. Um, that Quiche kind of uh, left his two cool buddies uh, kind of hanging out in the wind, didn't give him any kind of love or anything, and just put his sons in there to do the dance. And I think uh, after the fact, um, Scotty Chuhati tweeted out, "I guess we were just props." Yeah, I know. I see. I see that on Twitter, and I can understand where Scotty Chuhati is coming from, since you know Scotty and Grandmaster Sexay did help put. Rikishi on the map in ninety nine two thousand. They were they were definitely a triad. I mean that's one of my memorable moments uh, was from that two thousand Royal Rumble when uh, it was just the three of them in the ring. The music hits and after a little bit, Kishi takes both of them and throws them over the top rope, and he just kind of shrugs his shoulders as if to say, "Hey, nothing personal, just business." Meanwhile, he's still rocking the sunglasses at that point. <laughs> and I know you guys. Uh, Touched about it on it a little bit. What what's your guys' thoughts on Larry Zbyszko's speech? Um, I liked it. Yeah, I I, I didn't. I there was I, I didn't not like any of the speeches. I mean, you could tell that some of them were going a bit long, but that's with any uh, award ceremony or anything like that. That's they plan the thing to be three hours, and you know it's going four. That's just that's yeah. how WWE's gotten with it at this point. Oh, to me, one thing I really appreciate about Larry Zbyszko's speech was dreams can come true if you you know put in your hard work, if you're consistent at it, you know keep knocking on the door to you know get get what you want. I guess to chase your dreams, your dreams can come true. An awesome, uh, yeah, it's an awesome thing yeah. to have. Medusa, I thought she was great with uh, the pulling items out of the trash can, giving uh, JR's barbecue a bit of a plug. Seems like she she gave Bischoff a little bit of a plug, too. Yeah, with his uh, Controversy Creates cash book and, of course, the uh, Women's Championship, which I'd love to see them reinstate that, but that'll probably be another after Vince kicks the bucket thing. Yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on Lanny Apothel accepting the Hall of Fame? Award for Macho Man. No problem with it. It, it was absolutely genius. Pun completely intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really liked it a lot. You know, Laddie is a great, great talker. In ways I'm not surprised they didn't give uh, Laddie the main event spot since Macho isn't with us any longer. Sadly enough, I but, think that why they didn't is they didn't want to end the show with a posthumous entry. Understandable. Then, yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on third from last? Yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on Big Daddy Cool Diesel going on last? His way to the main event. Good job. <laughs> Jeez. Will you stop? No. No, he won't. Nah, I, I'm okay with it. You got your click reunion at the very end of the show. It was a nice, touching way to to close out. I didn't have any problem with it. I did like Shawn Michaels' speech, like. Conducting Diesel. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Michael's watching WCW Saturday night, seeing uh, Oz or oh, Vinny V on on, oh, Vin- on TV and calling, asking Rick Steiner to give him a call on the payphone because we didn't have cell phones back then. 
Well, except for Paul Heyman, and his was ginormous. I yeah, I'm, I'm sure it costs more than 99 cents a minute to uh, call people. I would. I don't even know what that would have been back then. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess. Do you guys have any uh, any more final thoughts and opinions on WrestleMania and the week after? Um, any other final thoughts? Uh, I mean, it was a heck of a ride, and uh, look forward to doing it again in just a little over a year from down in Dallas area, Texas, and possibly a legit hundred thousand plus uh, seat uh, seated arena. I, I'm that. I'm going to have to start socking away a few dollars here and there to uh, possibly make that trek myself. Well, think of it, think of it, I'm surprised that it hasn't came up uh, came up yet in, a, in, a, in our discussion. What's your guys' thoughts on Ronda, Ronda Rose and The Rock showing up at WrestleMania? Oh, wow. Um, it, it was another great mainstream thing. Uh, a lot of people were obviously talking about it, and it plants the seeds for either a Rock Triple H match at WrestleMania 32 or maybe a mixed tag of Rock and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie. Either way, I'm on board with it. I would see that's just, I wouldn't be able to believe that though. I re- I really couldn't because Rousey is the most is one of the most dangerous women on the planet. She could easily destroy anybody in the, in the female locker in the, the fe- any of the female wrestlers as well as some of the males. I don't. I don't think I'd be able to believe. So, oh, maybe put her as like an enforcer, kind of what they did with Tyson in Mania 14. Maybe. Because it was the same type deal. They had Mike Tyson as the baddest man on the planet back in 98. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I, would, yeah I would love to see Ra- uh, Roddy Rousey in the Rock and against Triple H and Stephanie in the mixed tag, but like you guys uh, touched upon, if Ronda Rousey gets her hands on Stephanie, the match is pretty much over. Yeah, so maybe it more than likely it'll be Rock against Triple H with the women in the respective corners. So the Rock accompanied by Ronda Rousey and Triple H accompanied by Stephanie. That's a possibility. And I know another thing I'm surprised I totally spaced off on that when Triple H came out for his match against Stan at WrestleMania, how he came out looking like the Terminator. I'm surprised the RoboCop didn't make a run in. Oh, geez. You know, that's. Uh, I, do you remember the, the Robocop yeah, thing? Okay. Yeah. In fact, I was the one that showed you the OSW picture. Oh, oh yes, that's right. Um, I, I, that, that, that was such a, a hilariously bad thing, though. I, I don't think they wanted to make light of it. Plus, I mean, it's not like there's another Robocop movie coming out. It, it was solely meant to promote the upcoming Terminator movie. Well, there. Robocop that came out a couple of years ago, or like last year, maybe. Yeah, because if I remember yeah, correctly, if I remember correctly, that would have been from WCW Capital Combat 1990. Uh, that that would be correct. And if I remember correctly, that pay per view wasn't really the greatest either. No. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't too far off from the Black Scorpion and the the chain of horrors match there was a lot of not great wrestling in wcw in the early 90s because if memory serves me correctly i believe flair defended the nwa title against lux luger in a i think a thunder cage or something like that on the pay-per-view oh that's yeah that, that could be right that my memory is a little fuzzy but... <laughs> i thought it was just your hair that was fuzzy for on anymore oh you shaved it off 
Yeah, that's uh, that's what we were uh, briefly discussing on the show today. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm I'm a cue ball again. Well, I guess the words of of Ron Simmons. Damn. Yeah, it's it's thrown a couple of people for uh, for a loop. Well, we might as well. I might as well let you let you guys go. Do some plugs for the show and any social media that you guys may have. Uh, I'm anti-social on social media. Now, um, uh, well, of course, uh, you, you can, let's see here. Where do we start? Well, of course, the longest running pro wrestling radio talk show in the history of terrestrial radio, Pro Wrestling Weekly, which you can hear Saturdays from noon to one Eastern on 1490 AM WBCB, as well as online at WBCB1490.com. Uh, you can listen to archives of the show on YouTube. Uh, I forget it's on a, either Pro Wrestling Weekly or under my name, Ferran Derry, F-E-A-R-O-N-D-E-R-R-Y. Um, Facebook, I'm sometimes on there, Ferran Derry, same spelling. Uh, my Twitter is at Ferran Derry. Not that I tweet that often, but I don't know. I'm not much of a tweeter, a Twitter, a uh, Oh, yeah, mixed company. I'm on Twitter, but... Well, as I was okay. going to say, Ferran, you did tweet at me last, uh, during WrestleMania, though. Because um, I, I did ask you a question, uh, seeing if there's it, any similarities between WrestleMania 31 and 9, since both were, an, uh, during, or both minis were uh, in an open, open stadium, you know, media and all that. I mean, yeah, I, I will tweet on occasion, but I am not a, a I'm not really like a mass tweeter kind of person. Which I don't blame you. But yeah. If there's nothing that important to say, eh, why throw it out there? True. Then also, uh, the you guys have the Facebook fan page for 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 Pro Wrestling Weekly. Wrestling Weekly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Used to shamelessly plugging other things and not so much my own thing. As hard as that is for Lucas to believe. So, yeah, then uh, for pro, for Main Event Status Radio, you guys can listen to us on MainEventStatus.com. You guys can listen to us on our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com slash Radio. We are on iTunes. Search us out. Main Event Status Radio. Subscribe to us there. And thank you guys for coming on the show and chatting up for about an hour or so. Eric, pleasure as always. Ladies and gentlemen, that is fantastic. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. 